Chapter 31 Comatose Several of Nix's internal organs leapt into her throat. This was it, the moment her life came crashing down around her ears. I, uh, don't... Ran into him on the way back from the post office. I was going to ask him why he hasn't given you that raise yet, but he pretended not to see me. Nearly ran me over in that big red station wagon. So you didn't actually talk to him? One by one, Nix's organs dropped back into their original positions. Didn't I just say that? Sometimes I think you're a little slow. Get that from your father. Good night, Mom. He will give you that raise or you'll find another job. In fact, tomorrow I'm going to the taco stand with you and gonna give Don a piece of my mind. For the love of Satan, that idea had to be karate chopped in the bud. Nick sighed, pushed off the door, and faced her mother again. Why couldn't she have been an orphan? And so the debate began anew. Mrs. Wack dug in with renewed enthusiasm while Nick spoke over the top of her, repeating her own arguments until one of them managed to sink in. It was Nix's reminder of the distance to the taco stand that seemed to get her mother's attention. Apparently the idea of trekking halfway across town and back, even with the promise of an argument on one end, didn't appeal to the large woman. At last, Mrs. Wack conceded to let Nix try one more time on her own, since it was her responsibility after all. Nix's second retreat to her bedroom was more successful, except this time she was twice as cross and three times as exhausted. Yet she knew she couldn't sleep. Even if she no longer needed freedom to guard Sarah, those cats had to be dealt with. It was time for phase two. In the night, Nix awoke drenched with sweat. A nightmare? No, she was only hot. Toadstool didn't appreciate getting thrown off the bed with the pile of blankets, but he scampered back on after Nix had settled down again. Nix awoke next with sunlight streaming through her cellophane window. Something felt out of place. This was the second day she'd awoken feeling comfortable, not cold or stiff at all. Did that mean she hadn't left her body in the night? Maybe now that her conscious mind knew how to debody itself, it was keeping her subconscious from running amuck and sending her flitting all over the neighborhood. That was fortunate. Nix didn't want to take a chance of staying out too long and ending up in Loaf's IQ bracket. Before her mother got up, Nix crept into the kitchen and cracked the door to the quarantine closet. Half-bald cats lay sprawled across the floor. One stared at her with a dazed expression, but didn't seem like he'd be doing much else anytime soon. Nix felt the other motionless cats and relaxed slightly. Still warm, and none of them awoke when she touched them. Her tuna-to-sleeping-pill ratio seemed effective. How much longer would the cats be out? She definitely couldn't wait around. Mom, come quick, they're not moving! She had to shout a few more times, but eventually Mrs. Wack barreled into the kitchen with white paste smeared around her eyes. What are you yapping about? Nix opened the door wide and pointed at the lifeless bodies stretched out in unnatural positions, positions that Nix had carefully arranged. It had been a lot of fun, actually. Jordan was probably right about her being morbid. Mrs. Wack gaped for a moment and then promptly kicked one of the cats lying closest to her. It slid across the floor like a beanbag. Mom, stop! I told you to get that medicine and now look! What am I going to do with a bunch of dead cats? I told you to let them go! At least that one's still alive. I'll take him outside. Oh, no, you won't. The bugger stays where he is. But you saw what happened to the others. We've got to get them all out of the house before it spreads. Mrs. Wack closed the closet door and stepped in front of it. Nothing is going to spread. The sick cats are safely contained in here. If they all die, that'll be the end of it. But we still have to interact with them. What if humans can catch it? 
You'll be fine. Wow, Nix had really underestimated her mother's attachment to these cats. Can I at least bury the others? Don't do it around here. The neighbors will see. Nix opened the door and scooped up the limp cats into her arms. Mrs. Wack cringed. Nix thought about kissing their little dead noses to see her mother's reaction, but there was no need to make her suspicious. Nix carefully laid the cats in a black garbage bag and set it by the front door while she found the shovel and put her shoes on. The morning air bit at her cheeks and bare ankles. Nix lugged the cat bag over her shoulder, making sure not to seal off the air completely. She heard a muffled meow from inside and hurried off the front steps before her mother noticed the bag was starting to move. Right outside the trailer park, in a thicket of saplings, Nix laid the cats one by one onto the moist earth. By this time, a couple cats were stirring. The most alert of them got to its feet, walked around in a circle, and then hobbled off. That's right, go home. Go back to your family. She felt the other cats again to make sure they were still alive and then strutted back to the trailer. It had taken almost two weeks, but she'd finally earned five cats their freedom, and if everything went as planned, the rest would soon follow. Her mother's kitty trafficking was at an end. Nick spent the rest of the morning getting familiar with her mother's new fall cleaning schedule. She enjoyed activities such as washing paw prints off windows, scrubbing out the litter containers, and applying a serrated kitchen knife to the weed forest in the front yard. It took several hours. Okay, the dumpster is now overflowing with weeds. Can I run up to Jordan's before work? Mrs. Wack peered out the window to make sure the yard was up to snuff. Took you long enough. Now I want you to use your last hour to paint the living room. Nick stared at her mother, eyes hot. Don't look at me like that. I picked up some teal paint yesterday. These walls are getting grubby. Getting grubby? The entire lower three feet of the walls were brown with cat urine. Did she think a little paint would fix that? And how was Nick supposed to do it with 23 cats running around? Teal paw prints would cover every surface in the house. Okay, yeah, Nick said, trying to sound excited about the new project. But I should wait until I have enough time to do a really good job. Mrs. Wack eyed her daughter suspiciously. Why don't I use this time to bathe the cats again? Nick said quickly. I saw some playing in the trash earlier. That suggestion seemed to mollify her. Fine, but I want these walls done by tomorrow. After Mrs. Wack went to start lunch, Nix ushered a few more cats into the bathroom and turned them into the walking dead. She had just enough time to change her soaked shirt before slipping out into the cloudless afternoon. A stop by the now-empty thicket confirmed that all cats had recovered and were on their way to their new lives, and since they were dead, her mother wouldn't bait her traps to get them back. Nix skipped all the way to Jordan's house and was panting heavily when Sergeant Frost opened the door. Sorry, Nix. No more friends while he's grounded. This is supposed to be a punishment, after all. Nix nodded glumly and headed back toward the street. As soon as she heard the door close, she raced around to the side of the house and waited underneath Jordan's window, her back against the wall. She smiled when the window scraped open. I didn't know if you'd remember, she said. Like, I'd forget our contingency communication procedures. I was the one who... What is it, Dad? I'm doing my homework. Nix held her breath. Listen, came Sergeant Frost's voice. I don't want to hear any whining about not being able to see Nix. Did I say anything? Keep it that way. Lunch is ready, and I'd like us all to eat together. Be there in a second. The door closed, and Jordan sighed. He's bugged because I don't seem upset enough about being grounded. I guess I should pout and complain, so it seems like I'm really suffering. Careful, or he won't let you do the musical either. As if either of us have to worry about that, Jordan said with a smirk. 
Don't get me wrong, I'm sure you would have been great if you hadn't spontaneously croaked. It's fine. The important thing is that Sarah gets apart so she won't be home alone. Speaking of which, she's probably back from her mom's by now. We should really check on her. You think I should- Ghost up there? No. I know she doesn't want bodyguards anymore, but Pillowhead might just be waiting for her to be alone in the house. Before you go endangering your brain activity, why don't we call her? Nix wiped a trickle of sweat from her temple. You have her number? I don't, but Tiago does, and he'd let me borrow his cell phone over the weekend to make a movie in 30-second scenes. I told him how bored I get cooped up in this house. What do you do when his phone rings? It doesn't happen very often, but I usually see how long I can fake an English accent. When they realize I'm not Tiago, I say he never wants to see them again, and if they call a second time, we'll notify the police. Nix rolled her eyes. Fine, give Sarah a call and don't pretend to be anyone you're not. She's had enough of that lately. Speaking of which, my dad looked up that number. The Quincy caller? Who was it? A payphone somewhere in Midland? Nix relaxed her shoulders. It didn't seem very likely that Quincy would be hiding out in Midland, which made it more likely to be fake. I guess we should still go check it out, see if he left any clues. Or maybe there's a nearby house we can search? Apparently it's right outside the hospital. Maybe they have surveillance cameras. Yeah, and they truly let a pair of 15-year-olds into their security room to take a look. And before you ask, my dad doesn't care enough to go down there. He thinks it's another prank. Yesterday, Nix might have found this news discouraging, but now it gave her a great idea. When Sarah gets a call, I can find a room to die in and zip over to the hospital to see who's using the payphone. Jordan smiled and shook his head slowly. You really can't keep from being the protector, can you? Nix didn't like his patronizing tone. Time for a topic switch. I should visit the Avondroth soon and try to communicate with the ghost up there. You gotta stop getting grounded so we can do that. I guess you can just watch my body outside your window. Cause that would be safe. Just wait. I'm sure we'll have a chance soon. Do not try the dying trick on your own. Nix aired her shirt. She was getting super sweaty from sitting directly in the sun. I'll wait on the Abendroths, but if Quincy calls, I have to check the payphone, even if you aren't there. In fact, when you call, give Sarah my number. Tell her to call me immediately the next time she gets a call from him. Don't tell her why, of course. I don't want... Sergeant Frost's voice echoed from the other side of the house, saying something about food getting cold and losing patience. On the whole, it was much less threatening than Mrs. Wax's trailer-shaking bellowings, but Nix knew the covert conversation with Jordan had ended. Watch the front door, Jordan said quickly. If Sarah's okay, I'll turn on the porch light. And if there's a chance she'll be alone tonight, flash it a bunch of times, and don't forget to give her my number. The door squeaked open again. All right, I'm coming! I've never seen you so engrossed in your homework. I promise you can come right back to it after we've eaten. Nix crawled away from the house and concealed herself behind a pair of large trash barrels across the street. Other than a couple of skateboarding jerks harassing her, Nix's 20-minute wait was uneventful. Eventually, the front porch light came on and stayed on. Sarah would be safe for one more night. Since Nix had several hours before she was supposed to be home, she decided to pay Love Zerby a visit at the graveyard, thank her properly for the money, and see if she had managed to wrangle that shoe back from the mutt. When she arrived, however, the cemetery was devoid of any old women and dogs. Nix settled for listening to a tall Asian man's conversation with a headstone he called Rachel. It was just starting to get interesting when he reverted to his native language. Nix abandoned her bush and went to lay next to a river where she dangled her feet in the cold water and daydreamed of Tiago. What a tragedy. Here she was, some kind of superhuman, and yet she couldn't even get one boy to... Nix sat up so quickly she almost slid into the river. She could show him. 
Certainly Tiago would be able to keep her secret. He already believed in ghosts. Maybe he'd be so impressed that he'd forget about Sarah. Nyx pulled her feet out of the water and began plodding. She'd have to wait for the perfect time to reveal her secret. Should Jordan be there to back her up? No, it should only be her and Tiago. An intimate setting would create a bond of trust. The mere thought of the word bond in relation to Tiago Padilla sent her mind skipping in circles. This might actually work. Nick spent the rest of the afternoon planning the most dramatic way to break the news to Tiago. Once he knew how amazing she was, he'd confess his adoration for her in front of the entire school. She could picture the girls bursting into tears when he made the announcement that he was dating the fat, awkward girl. The look on Fawn's face was especially gratifying. Somewhat less gratifying was Mrs. Wack's face when Nix returned that night. She had obviously found the other hairless cats and was beginning to realize the kitty disease might not be as contained as she'd hoped. Naturally, Nix was to be held personally responsible because she hadn't yet procured the medication. I don't care if you have to rob a bank, Mrs. Wack slammed a plate down in front of Nix, sending baked potato pieces flying. Tomorrow you're going to the vet and you're going to bring back some medicine. Nix walked all the way to school the next morning to find the campus empty. Labor Day, where people celebrated having a job by not going into work. While Nix wasn't excited about working up a sweat for nothing, the chrome lining was that the veterinarians and banks would be closed. Her mother's ultimatum could be delayed one more day. Nix spent the rest of the morning and afternoon scrubbing the walls to prepare for painting. While they dried, Nix vacuumed the carpet. The layer of chemically removed cat hair was so thick Nix had to go over the same spot several times with the machine. Five minutes into the chore, she tied a bandana around her face to avoid breathing in the swirling blizzard of cat fur. After dinner, she decided there wasn't enough time to start in on painting, so she cleaned out the fridge, which still contained patches of sticky drippings covered with fur. Before bed, Nix essentially got a word-for-word -word repeat of the previous night's lecture. Nix thought it best not to respond, at least not using words. Responding with more feline fatalities, on the other hand, was certainly in order. How many would it take for her mother to finally give in? Nix didn't think she had bought enough sleeping pills to drug them all. She was starting to feel like Moses trying to win his people's freedom from Egypt, except compared to Patricia Wack, the pharaoh in the movie was a complete pushover. Early Tuesday morning, Nix awoke to Toadstool, eating pieces of dried potato off her shirt. Poor little guy, you hungry? Nix sat up in bed keep forgetting that you spend most of your time locked in my room. It's for your own protection, though, that Brutus has killed bigger cats than you. Since it was still dark, Nix thought about going back to bed, but it was the perfect opportunity to do some covert kitty bathing. The sun had finally colored the sky when Nix slipped back into bed, exhausted, scratched to pieces, and ecstatic. She'd done it. Every cat in the trailer had at least one apple-scented bald spot, and there was still a quarter of the bottle left. Now her mother didn't have any excuse for keeping them. They were all infected, and the only option was to let them outside to die in peace. Toadstool, of course, was spared the cosmic carnage. He could always run around outside and catch mice, or she could feed him food under the table. When Mrs. Wack awoke, it was obvious she had no intention of getting rid of the sick cats, and when Nix asked about letting them die outside in peace, she received a look, one her mother usually reserved for kitties who'd left presents in her shoe. If you have to rob a bank, was all she said. Nix felt a pang of pity for the woman. She was holding onto these cats like they were all she had in the world. Was it possible it wasn't just a compulsion? Could she really love all these cats that much? Well, regardless of how fervently Mrs. Wack loved them, 
They weren't hers to love. Most had been stolen, and the rest didn't deserve the abuse. Her mother would have to get over the loss and find something else to collect. Besides, freeing the cats was the only way to win her own freedom, and despite what Sarah said, there was still bodyguarding to be done. When Mrs. Wack went in to debeautify her face with makeup, Nix rushed to open another can of tuna. She'd only ground one pill in when, What are you doing with that? Nix's stomach filled with tar as she looked up into her mother's wide face. How long had she been watching? Had she seen everything? Even if she hadn't, chunks of white pills still sat incriminatingly among the fish. Her mother yanked away the tuna can and dropped it on the counter. I thought I told you we aren't doing breakfast. Nick slipped the pill packet into her back pocket and tried not to smile. I I'm sorry, she stammered. I I'm just so hungry in the mornings. It's for the best, plumpy dumpling. You'll thank me later when you can fit into normal-sized clothes. Nix did her best to appear upset about her tuna breakfast being snatched away. I want you to hurry home from school today so you'll have time to paint the living room. I'll try. Sometimes those buses take forever. Mrs. Wack glared at her for a moment. Was there something else? Nix asked. One of your kitties threw up on your father's side of the bed. Go clean it up before it soaks in. Nix eyed the can of tuna on the counter. Step on it. I've got to finish putting on my face and it smells like Lucifer's armpit in there. When Nick saw the bed, her first impulse was to rip the sheets off and burn them in the backyard. Mrs. Wack hadn't exaggerated about the smell. It appeared the cat had thrown up from both ends. Maybe they really were getting sick. Finally, a little luck. Nick held her breath and got to work. Not long now, she told herself as she scrubbed the discolored sheets. Very soon, the beasts would all be gone. After draping the sheets out the window to dry, Nix made her way back into the kitchen. A can of tuna lay empty on the floor. Brutus strolled out from under the table with a contented look on his whiskery face. Good. It was about time they got rid of that turd. Nix pushed several sniffing cats away from the empty can and tossed it in the trash. Then she found her school books and stuffed them into her bag. Mom, if any more cats die, leave them on the back porch and I'll bury them when I get home, okay? Her mother grunted as if to say she didn't plan to touch the dead cats anyway. When Nix arrived at school, she found Jordan standing at their meeting place, taking pictures of his tongue with Tiago's phone. How'd your movie turn out? Lame. I wanted to do Joan of Arc, but Amy wouldn't cooperate. Ended up filming a spider sucking the soul out of a fly. And I'm the morbid one. They started toward U.S. government. From across the parking lot, a guy lifted his shirt and pooched out his belly. He rubbed it lovingly and looked toward Nix. His friends apparently thought it was hilarious. Nix distinctly heard the words ugly and abortion. Jordan noticed the clowns and put himself between them and Nix as they walked. In five years, they'll be selling cable while you're on all the talk shows. Nix forced a smile. I freed five cats? Dude! Jordan reveled in the beauty of the hoax and lamented not being there to watch. It was only with a great deal of self-control that Nix resisted telling Tiago as well. He alighted next to her in U.S. government, looking as attractive as ever, and asked why they'd been laughing. Nix had even opened her mouth to explain how clever she'd been when she realized she'd also have to tell him she'd been fired for stealing. Would he believe she was innocent? And she'd have to admit that she didn't love animals as much as she'd let on. In fact, he probably would be horrified at what she'd done to the cats. She also couldn't risk the story getting out. Her mother would be jailed for stealing cats, and Nix for animal cruelty. I was going to ask you, Nick said, do you know what Sarah has second period? I need to make sure she won't be home alone tonight. She won't be, Tiago said in a hushed tone. Ms. Winkle stood to start the lesson. I just talked to her.
Tiago continued. She said I couldn't pop over after school because her dad has off work. Nix tried to feel relieved that Sarah would have adult supervision, but all she could think about was why Tiago would need to pop over to Sarah's in the first place. He will be out of town tomorrow, though, he said with a grin. So if you need someone to protect her, I might be able to... Thanks, but I'm sure we'll figure something out, Nick said with a stiff smile. Just a reminder, Ms. Winkle called, casting a warning glance in their direction. Your world government essays are due at the end of the week, so if you haven't chosen your country, I would suggest doing so now. So far, China, Canada, and Thailand have been taken. The sign-up sheet is up here. As most of the class formed a line at the teacher's desk, Jordan nudged Tiago. Will you help me if I do Spain? Tiago pursed his lips thoughtfully. If you write my outline from Morocco. I don't know anything about Morocco. That's what Yahoo searches for. Why don't I come round after school? We can work on it. I guess my dad can't argue if it's for class. Tiago grinned and went to stand in line. Jordan stood to follow Tiago. Are you going to sign up, Nix? I'll take whatever's left. Nix put her head down on the desk. From the moment she'd heard about the assignment last week, she'd been planning to do Spain and ask for Tiago's help. So much for that. She tried not to be irritated at Jordan. There was no way he could have known. Anyway, it was her own fault for waiting too long. Nix ended up with Chad. It took Ms. Winkle a full three minutes to convince her it was a real country. On the walk home, she tried to care about what kind of government a poverty-stricken nation might have, but all she could think about was her to-do list. First item of business would be to free the rest of the cats. Second, unmask Pillowhead and save the day. Third, earn Tiago's undying love by revealing her secret talent. Then, maybe she could focus enough to get a little homework done. When she arrived at her trailer, she found a can of teal paint sitting in the entryway, real subtle. Nick stepped inside and noticed the sound of water running. Could her mother be showering at four in the afternoon? While this was strange, Nix wasn't going to argue with the perfect timing. She hopped over several half-bald cats and tiptoed toward her bedroom. Apparently, with the growing number of infected residents, her mother had given up on the closet quarantine. In her room, Nix lay her bag on the bed and pulled the sleeping pills out of her pillowcase. Only a few left. Nix checked the closet to see if Toad had fallen asleep, but she found only a pair of crickets. It wasn't like Toadstool not to greet her after school. Hopefully he hadn't had trouble with Brutus. If that stupid bully... What time are you going to work today? Mrs. Wack asked from the doorway. She wore an oversized beach towel that didn't come close to covering everything. Nix averted her eyes. Around five? That should give her enough time to free a couple cats before she took off to work at Jordan's. You need to pick up some kitty litter on your way home from the taco stand tonight. Nix slid the pills into her sleeve and stood. Mom, that litter is new. Nix pushed her way toward the kitchen. I got it last week. Mrs. Wack followed. I don't care when you got it. Our house is starting to stink. Starting to stink? That was like saying Weatherwax was starting to lose his marbles. In the kitchen, Nix found both litter boxes empty. You threw it out? It's the cats that stink up the house, not the litter. It was barely used. Well, maybe the cats wouldn't be stinking up the house if you'd bury them when they need burying. What are you talking about? I've been at school. I don't care where you've been. They're your responsibility. Cats that need burying? It must have been the disappearing can of tuna. Was Brutus in a drug-induced coma? What a relief it would be to finally get rid of that monster. Nix feigned disappointment. Another one died? I'll go take care of it right now. But as she looked around for the shovel, she saw something that made her throat tighten. Brutus strutting out from under the table with that same contented look on his face. If not Brutus, 
than who had eaten the spiked tuna. Oh, no. The only cat she'd been expecting to see but hadn't. The cat that had been so hungry the night before he'd been eating food off her shirt. Where is he? Nick said. Are you sure he's dead? Maybe when he woke up she could pretend he'd recovered somehow. You're lucky the neighbors didn't see me, Mrs. Wax said. That's the last time I'm doing your job for you. These cats are your respon- Nix's heart fell under her stomach. What do you mean, do my job for me? You didn't. Well, I wasn't going to let the dead thing sit around rotting in here. Nix's heart shot back up into her throat and made it impossible to breathe. Toadstool had been buried alive. <laughs>